about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. Speaking of creature features. Speaking of creature features, welcome to Worst Gig Ever. Hey everybody, I am one of your co-hosts, Mike Pace. And I am one of your co-hosts, Jeff Garlock. And this week, we have the very funny stand-up comedian Mike Lawrence on the show. Mike Lawrence got a record out called Sadamantium on, on Comedy, Comedy Central. Central. Uh, you've seen him on At Midnight and various specials. And He's around. Uh, he's he's around. He is around. And we have a solid talk. Yeah, we so. talk a lot. There's a lot of pro wrestling uh, lingo, There's jargon. There's a lot of pro wrestling. I wish I had watched that 50th anniversary of the WWE before we had talked to him. Just I so wish I, I had watched that, too. We'll talk about it later. Right, uh, <laughs> we bonded over some, some pro wrestling talk. Mike gives us a couple of great gigs. And uh, there's good stuff abounding here there is you know where there's also good stuff abounding you know where i think it is i think it's in the worst gig ever archives which mm-hmm. you can find at worst gig ever podcast.tumblr.com we're on facebook stitcher radio itunes we're all over the information superhighway unlike disney we don't lock up those archives either oh that's right those vaults are it. open and listen to them anytime you want yeah or reach out to us worst gig ever gmail.com you can reach out to us via twitter we are at mikey pace at g garlock at worst gig ever you can check out our web series at youtube.com backslash official comedy see a couple episodes of hijinks and hilarity oh brother from the worst gig ever guys and you can listen to those on your tweaked audio headphones Go to tweakedaudio.com, enter the promo code WORST, and get one-third off of your purchase of a great pair of these fucking headphones. These fucking headphones. They got a lifetime guarantee, right? Or a warranty. Or a warranty. It's a guarantee. Guarantee a warranty. Warranty. I can't even find mine, and I might need to get some more using the WORST code. I think think that's that's, uh, in the cards for us today. Uh, speaking of cards, this WWE 50th anniversary, tell me a little bit about this. Two hours. It's kind of the history of WWE. And then it feels like the last 45 minutes, they're wrapping up. As my wife says, like, how many times are we going to wrap this up? She also joked and kind of seriously that she thought it was a telethon. She's like, is there going to be a number that comes across that I'm giving them money? The first half is really interesting. It's about the history of the territories uh, territories and, and then Vince slowly kind of buying them up. And then, you know, I would say up until WCW Nitro competition era, it's a pretty interesting documentary. And then it feels like nonstop every WWE person yeah. from here to attorney just like they're the best company in the world and vince mcmahon don't be angry at me <laughs> and from people talking brown. for a while about how great john cena is that's great uh, well you know who else is great mike lawrence mm-hmm. on this episode of lawrence king all right the dog getting down Postulate just momentarily on the virtues of Junkyard Dog. I think he can sing as good as he can rap. Even you had to be impressed, Jesse. Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. I could go really uh, recently if you want. Yeah. Um, that's the amazing thing <laughs> about now I'm going to sound like a pro wrestler. That's the amazing thing about this business. <laughs> I know that they're the only pe- people who work at Wall Street don't say business as much as professional wrestlers do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, it's amazing to me. Now, 
Um, so I, uh, I did this uh, show on my birthday last week. It was a, oh, a happy talk birthday. Show. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> it ended up being, you know, the birthday ended up being fine. Right. But the, but the, the show, it was this thing. I don't even know what it's named, but it's this show in England that, well, they, they film it in Beverly Hills and then they simulcast it in the UK. And it was the uh, worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> like, and everyone that was, it, it, it was, it was filmed live, right? And for eight hours straight, and there was no respite. Um, and there was, you could, you could see a screen that had comments coming in from people watching, <laughs> and most of them were all terrible. Sure. It was the same eight people. Um, <laughs> The other, the host was this really attractive girl whose name is spelled Eden, but pronounced Eden. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I also did just meet someone whose sister's name is Chloe. Right. So, you know, that, that happens. Takes all yeah. kinds. Oh, yeah. And, um, but what ends up, what ends up happening, and then they had this other guest who's, I guess, some comic, this, this black woman in her, 30s or 40s and either way i'm probably still complimenting her <laughs> and and it's just like it's so disorganized and then people just on the screen are like these people should kill themselves <laughs> and and it, it, it's so uncomfortable and then what ends up happening is they have like viewers from skype that they they bring in uh-huh. you know on 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 the screen that they talk to and the viewer that came that that came on the screen three different times, and the only one was a quadriplegic <laughs> named Aaron with a straw coming out of her mouth, who just kept saying, "Show me boobs." Uh, they could. I I wanted to walk out so bad. It was just this. And this is now now now. This is after. Uh, this was the best possible scenario for this because I had just gotten a fight with their producer over whether or not I should do stand up on the show, uh-huh. and I was like, I'm not. Um, and they're like, No, it'll be fun. And I was like, There's no, there's no studio audience. There was right. none. And they're like, You got yeah. these eight people. They're talking. No, but what they said was like, We have a laugh track. Oh, and I was like, No. And that was the other thing. Any time that I would like say something or get in a joke that I thought was even decent, they would play the sound effect machine. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like the, the, the Sid and Marty from The Simpsons, like the boy I own, but a bomb, bomb, like, you know, wow, <laughs> wow. So it works like, every time. Yeah, it was like, it was, it was literally like, hell was coming from all sides <laughs> jesus christ and um and and that's like and i completely froze my fiance sitting like 10 feet away she's not in, in, in camera's view but just seeing me and just being like you know calm down be okay because i'm like freaking out like you can't say anything to a quadriplegic <laughs> right. female misogynist you know <laughs> So it was just like it was like a panel scenario. Yeah, and was you just just dis- discussing like the topics of the day or pop culture or something like? Yeah, just different. And but like they're no selling all my jokes, right? <laughs> and then the sound effect guy is just <laughs> murdering right. them. And, and, and it uh, sounds like you have a slew of essentially like 
like you know Xbox Live like people like oh, talking yeah. to you like they might as well just the be same like, people that were sad when Paul Walker died <laughs> right yeah. exactly. so this was not like a BBC One oh, production no, no. this is this is literally <laughs> BBC uh, like Seven two two ninety two or something yeah it was just the worst <laughs> I gotta say though I like the fact that you use the wrestling jargon no selling. Oh, in yeah. the comedy routine. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, do you wind up applying a lot of, like, wrestling yeah, terms absolutely. to your... And do people get is, it? Sometimes. I mean, just in my own mind and with other people who are wrestling fans, you know, <laughs> like, you kind of figure out what someone's into and then you speak accordingly. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, for me, like... I, one of the reasons, like, I don't even watch that many wrestling matches, but I watch, like, a ton of promos. Of course. And I read a lot of books and, and all of that. The, the matches end up being tedious a lot of times. Yeah. Sure. Um, the, some are great, you know, but, uh, but, the, but to me, the thing is, like, I don't like listening to a lot of, you know, stuff about comedy or watching a lot of comedy. Mm -hmm. And like wrestling is an equivalent that I have no personal attachment to. Right. But all the emotional attachment in the world. Yeah. Towards. Right. Well, you can right. empathize with, yeah. with them. It's being on the road. Yeah. It's, you know, creating a persona and, and all of that. That's kind of how I, I, I love wrestling. Yeah. Well, you, know? you know, Jeff and I come from playing in bands. Mm -hmm. And so we both like have toured a lot. And so I owe it. And being a wrestling fan myself, I always equated like, Pulling into the city every night, you know, playing in some disgusting place, you know, yeah. blood on the floor, yeah. getting paid $25, cutting your this forehead gig, open. This gig, like, this this show felt like, to, to describe it in wrestling terms, <laughs> it felt like WCW's Road Wild. Oof. All right. Yeah. Which, which for, for, uh, for people who don't know, <laughs> that was uh, a lot of a lot of the wrestlers at the time in the late 90s were like in their 40s and mm -hmm. all had ponytails they already looked like wild hogs cast members <laughs> and eric bischoff was like this dude who really liked motorcycles and yeah. thinking he was a man and, and all of that and that's why he wrestled jane leno uh, and <laughs> eric bischoff was also the um how would you describe him of wcw he was like the president yeah quotes. but he was like the hip dude he had a haircut yeah. from like the back of a just for men box <laughs> and but what, what, what happened was they were like, why not? Like, why not? Let's just take a vacation to Sturgis, but we'll also, <laughs> you know, but it, you know, have it all paid for by calling it a pay per view. Right. And the wrestlers had to wrestle in front of all of these drunk bikers. Yeah. <laughs> with their, you know, revving their Harleys and stuff and like not giving a shit. <laughs> and right. it's like, is I remember, I remember hearing like, like there was like an amazing like Dean Malenko, like Chris Benoit match, and uh, they're getting no reaction at all yeah. from everything. I think it's what made him kill his family. Um, <laughs> that frustration. <laughs> uh, can I say on Sturgis, just a complete side? Sturgis Raw. Have you seen Sturgis Raw, the TV show? No. It's one of my favorite shows right now. They just It's a reality show about Sturgis. Wait, for the listener, meaning Sturgis. myself, what is... Oh, Sturgis, Sturgis. Is, the, is like the, the biggest... motorcycle rally. Yeah, the uh, biggest motorcycle rally. They even rally. did a Pawn Stars episode okay. on it. That makes total sense. And it's basically yeah. just like one week, 
this town where like there's nothing this going on. There's a bunch on. of dudes trying to forget their wife. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> Half it's, of them but, look like Bruce Dern from Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing. The show is like cops at Sturgis. Like it's basically just the cops dealing yeah. with all the fuck ups and all the drunks at One Eye yeah. Jack Saloon, yeah. which is a bar that is only open for Sturgis. It exists for God, the entire God, time. God. And I'm obsessed with it. Uh, and I was wondering, like, were there ever any wrestling matches? It made sense, like the like a kind of a crossover. It's like a it's like a, it's like a fish concert, but with some knives. Yes, and yeah. <laughs> a bunch of people whose lives were much better way before, and they're never getting them back. And but for right. one weekend, they can compensate. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and Marshall Tucker Band will play. Of course, <laughs> they can we're... forget who they are <laughs> yeah. by remembering who they were. <laughs> And all, and all women cannot wear shirts. Song. Can't be wrong. Yeah, flute solo. <laughs> I hate gay people. Yeah. It's just the saddest shit. Yeah, it really I mean, is. But then we're still talking about re- WCW pay per view, so that's our Sturgis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really is. We all have our Sturgises, but man. Then there, you know, but then the thing that I thought was cool at the time, and you know, reading about it later, was when they did the free Clash of the Champions on uh, on TBS which was pay-per-view quality, I mean depending on your view of of the, of the card Shockmaster is well, pay-per-view quality <laughs> but they were not scrub can you, matches can you can you have Fred Ottman on here and have him <laughs> say that so. that's his worst gig ever <laughs> is Fred Ottman still alive huh? yeah, yeah but I know surprise. wait he was tugboat right <laughs> yeah I surprise okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah but he was naturally fat I think I think yeah. like you you're you're a little better if you're like you know it wasn't muscle mass. Of all the dudes that looked like they were on steroids, he, he was, was not, not doing P90 at the time. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that, was, that was natural. Um, well, okay, but that was, that, that's a great worst gig. Yeah. By the way, just getting back to that. Oh, yeah. Television. No, it gets worse. Oh, perfect. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we just had the detour into yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Road Wild. So then they don't know what to do in the studio, and they're running out of things. So they're like, let's go outside and interview people. <laughs> There's not that many people on the street. And then, like, it's so funny because you could hear a producer yelling in your ear at certain times. And it was so amazing. At one point, they're like, they start talking to this, like, creepy Lebanese hairdresser <laughs> who they end up bringing into the studio. <laughs> but, and, 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 and I just make some joke about how he looks like a fluffer. And then they all start talking about fluffing for 10 minutes. And then they go up, they go up to this like mom and her kid and ask them if they know what a fluffer is or some, something yeah. like it's so weird. Wait, on the street with the yeah, mom? Like, yeah. Okay. I was and like, then oh, someone yells in, you can't interview kids. <laughs> And I, at this point, I'm standing off to the side. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of this. Right. Anymore. Yeah. Right. Who, who else is on the panel? Yeah. Here? Like, who are other guests? Or what, Just what are the, this are they? host and that girl. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, so you were like, to the have star. like these fake British teeth with her. Uh-huh. It was <laughs> a classic fake British teeth. No, I was just gang. a guest. Yeah. yeah. I was told the day before, like, a friend had to cancel. Uh huh. And uh, I was like, "Do you want to do it instead?" I was like, "Yeah, I, I, yeah, sure." You know, you get in that mindset of any exposure is good yeah, exposure. Sure. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, L.A. is very much like that, though. Mm-hmm. Like, L.A. L.A. has this mentality, and I love L.A. And I'm gonna move there soon. But mm-hmm. like, because I, I kind of admire it in some mm-hmm. ways, they have this mentality of anything you do is okay, right? You know, as long as someone is 
filming it or talking right. about it or you know like there's not that like let's preserve the legacy right or like let's right. you know protect ourselves right yeah it's the facebook of cities yeah it's just anything goes <laughs> as long as you got day, it documented the day before i did this podcast where um it was at the comedy store and it, it was fun it's called kill tony mm-hmm. and i i had a blast doing it but what was weird to me the the point of the podcast is that newer comics put their name in a bucket and go up and get critiqued Ooh, by ooh. pro <laughs> comics. <laughs> you know, not only in front of a room, but on a podcast. Yeah, for <laughs> all eternity. Preserved for eternity. Yeah. And, and almost every comic was terrible. Sure. Which they should be. They're new. Yeah. You yeah. Know, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like, why would you want that recorded? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> they've got the idea of just any exposure is good exposure. You know, yeah. it's just like, well, it's something. So, it was, something but, but having said that, I mean, do you like doing TV as a, as opposed to just doing live stuff? Where does it rank? Oh, absolutely. There? Like, yeah. I mean, at midnight is the most fun I've had yeah. doing comedy ever. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it depends. And, you know, and that's also, yeah, how you're protected. And, you know, um, it's that thing of like, you know, but like with that show, if you know, you can go as far as you want. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't work, they won't air it. Yeah. 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 I yeah they, they I will say with that yeah they 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 get good jokes out of it which oh, is a it's nice great. thing it's, it's actually be- like it's beautifully I made. went into the show wary like just as a watcher like I was like oh That's it might fantastic. be fun but it is actually legitimately Chris is great you know yeah. like the guests are awesome like and everything like but it's. But that's what TV is supposed to do. Right. Well, that's a nice, and you can speak to if it is in the positive, like best gig ever, but it feels like in watching it, they actually are like, Oh, let's actually get the best out of the people that we have oh, on it as opposed to let's get a quick sound bite, like in a mm. weird, like kind of like. They put you over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> but see, but that, but that, that, that's why the wrestling mm. terms make sense because mm-hmm. comedy is all about, you know. Like, yeah. If you're a, a guest on someone's show, they should be putting you over. Exactly. Sure. Definitely. Well, so to that end, what was the, like, how did wrestling come into your life? For me, you know, as I was a little kid, you yeah. know, like the way it was for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. My dad was fat, and I could either think about how that may end his life sooner than it should, or I could think about how he's a human earthquake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe there is hope for him. Yeah. And and so oh, by the way, who died at forty three? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> because he so. was fat and not muscle mass. Yeah. He died of cancer. Oh. oh. And yeah. then it got sad. Earthquake. <laughs> we love you, buddy. No, he was great. So yeah. Was and shark. <laughs> yeah. Um and so so were you across the board watching WWF, WCW just, at the just time? Just W You know, because like yeah, I was completely a WWF kid mm-hmm. and and even though I grew up in South Florida, mm-hmm. and and I know maybe that that's part of like WCW territory. Like, mm-hmm. I I feel like if you watch WWF first, then you watch WCW, like then they all just look like your dad's friends, right? <laughs> you right. Know? Totally, yeah. You right. Know, like like I, I mean, and 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 I know that the 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 quality of the wrestling was better, mm-hmm. and and people look fondly on that WCW, but like. If the first wrestler that you see is the ultimate warrior. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Sting. Yeah. And I know they came up in the business together mm-hmm. and Sting went on to have they a were partners, much, much better career. Right yeah, yeah, point, yeah. The Blade Runners. Yeah. 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 But it, but it's so funny, but like, you know, in comparison, like that short blonde hair 
And he has even like a little bit of a pudge. And then yeah. the warrior is the wild just a mane. monster. Yeah. You know, like he's, he completely was unnatural yeah. in every sense of the word. Or yeah. yeah, even if you look at like, like Hogan. And then I remember when Flair came into WWF, he just looked sad. He looked like a grandma. You know? <laughs> right. He, he, he has yeah. the face of the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. Right. A merry, merry on yeah. birthday. Cake. <laughs> Sounds like him also. Yeah. The robes. Like my grandma wears those, you know, like the, yeah, everything about him looked inferior to me. Well, you know, what's interesting is that I think and that's just yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Sure. I've grown to appreciate Flair. Well, Even think- as, but as a kid, I was like, I, I mean, I've always been some level of snob and pain of the ass about what i like but even as a kid i was just like no no no, no. wwf like i'm I not mean, and his, i'm not like, a chump but like one of his big moves that he would just slap you right you know <laughs> right. my grandma also would yeah. <laughs> i mean i think what's interesting is that you know we all i think we're a couple years older than you but we kind of came around you know we're watching late 80s early 90s yep. how old are you guys? right 35 i'll be 35 next week damn you guys Never. aged well now. yeah i just turned 31 i mean yeah, you look good. No, you, look like, you look like Kevin Savage, but then. <laughs> I mean, Fred Savage. <laughs> Kevin Arnold, I'm sorry. Uh, people, people, and the Daniel Stern that narrates him. There exactly. You go. Yeah, people one, actually, if, if you cross Kevin and Paul, mm-hmm. yeah. then maybe I a would solid be the, mix. Uh, if, if they yeah, had yeah, gay yeah. sex and had a child. Exactly. Um, but, you know, WWF at the time, late 80s, early 90s, is kind of directed towards a younger audience. Oh, yeah. Right? But the, the production value is top-notch, huge state. I mean, it, it felt like a real show. And then you turn on WCW. Or I used to watch, like, the show NWA, you know, or AWA replays yeah. on mm-hmm. ESPN. And they're in, like, some hotel, you oh, know. Vern Gagne. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some Conference old room. fat. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and they look like, did you did you read the book, the great book that um the masked man, uh, the squared circle? I'm reading it now. Oh, yeah, it's great. David Shoemaker. Yeah. I did all, I did that Wrestling Mania show, um, the following month. Well, oh, you did it Dan with Dan St. Germain yeah, my, and, and my Shoemaker. Buddy, yeah. yeah. Well, he's friend of the podcast. Yeah. Um, and Shoemaker had this great line about wa- watching the, you know, the territorial stuff and how like it looked like a bunch of guys that you, that like came out of the Elks Lodge. Yeah. The right. Crippler and like all of these big blonde haired well, guys that were like electricians. I mean, what Vince did. Is brilliant, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, if you did that in comedy, like let's say, you know, you were trying to start like a new Comedy Central, right? And you would just pluck the best people, yeah, and have them do the one best thing that they did, you know. Like that's the amazing thing. Like every single person that was in the WWF in the late eighties, early nineties that wasn't Virgil. <laughs> was a headliner somewhere. Yeah. Right. They were all headliners. Yeah. You know, Junkyard Dog sold out stadiums. Yeah. And then they had him be a mid-card act to Hogan, you know? Yeah. But it's like he was a star on his yeah. own. Like, all those dudes. Yeah. Where Piper was in, you know, Portland and L.A. Sure, yeah. Like, they all had, like, earned their, you know, stripes. Yeah. And it was, like, the most... I mean, it killed the business. Yeah. You know, yeah. but in a way it, it saved it too, because like how long, you know, could those territories have survived in a world of Twitter and Facebook? Yeah, no, you're right. And it wasn't the thing that I was always fascinated with because the stuff that I'm most interested in is like seventies and early eighties territory stuff. I just, I love just 
when it wasn't directed towards kids and it was like yeah. grandmas in the front row and guys. That's the thing. That know. whole business was, I mean, it still is, but it's always been built on fooling people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But the way that they did it was a way that technology was going to take away once the internet caught up. That yeah. whole idea of, you know, having uh, a touring champion mm-hmm. and then he comes into different cities and, you know, fights your guy for 60 minutes and then you know, wins in some evil way, you know, right. like the whole, the whole thing was based on the fact that you had to pay tickets to see what happened. Right. It wasn't, you know, camera phones and, and you wouldn't know stuff. what happened the previous night or yeah. in the other city. Right. You know, it was, yeah, it was yeah. unique to, to where you were. Yeah. There would be like, yeah. you know, the, the, the few magazines and stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure people traded tapes a little bit, mm-hmm. but, but not to the extent that you could now. It just wasn't, it couldn't, it couldn't have lasted. Yeah. Right. Somebody, like, I think, you know, I mean, Vin, Vince, uh, is often a terrible person, um, uh, often very myopic, but he had a vision at that time and he saw the writing on the yeah. wall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the interesting part of those territories, like, like, just at that era too, is like, it, it it feels like to me like like old uh uh old punk bands mm-hmm. and especially like early death metal bands where like they're going through all of this work for this smaller area like well, it's not for it. this it's not for this national thing it's like you're actually putting in more work and like you know, bleeding yourself and all this stuff for to build for, up the region to build up just for a region like yeah. for this word of mouth sort of thing yeah. well it became a damned if you do damned if you don't because if you ended up having someone talented mm-hmm. and they were really good, they were going to get scooped up. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but also, like you said, you, uh, you kind of garnered an appreciation for like WCW or, or old, less flashy stuff after the fact. A little bit. Right? Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, when you're six, Arn Anderson just looks like <laughs> yeah. someone who would line dance <laughs> right. karaoke exactly. at Garth Brooks. Song. Yeah. Like, I mean, no, no, I mean, and I know the dude is a much, much better worker than someone like, you know, an earthquake, but earthquake yeah. was like, that stuck out to you. Yeah. yeah. Like pomp and circumstance. Like, cause yeah. the vast majority of people do not care about the work. Right. They want well, to see and, the, and you yeah. want to see the less, end result. Using less real names, you know. Yeah. Like they took a guy and they would call him Kurt Hennig sometime, yeah. but Miss you remember Mr. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And I think well, I think that the what and I am curious how how you defend wrestling because I'm sure people or maybe at this point they don't even bother, but you know when someone gives you that the bullshit kind of like, oh, it's fake kind of thing. That's what makes it great. Yeah. Yeah, that is well, the, the drama. Art. The is, art is yeah. that it's fake. Yeah. The art is that, you know, when the writing's good, it's amazing. I would much rather see Pat Patterson, you know, orchestrate an Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan WrestleMania six match than let them just go out there and actually beat each other. Of up. course. Yeah. Right. You yeah. Know, the uh, test of strength yeah. and the running the ropes <laughs> and all that. I mean that that is the art form. Yeah, it it being fake is is a, it's to its strength. Yeah, right. Not in the way that comedy, you know, having an act and having a persona, and and all of that, you know, uh, is often a strength. Yeah, and if you had the opportunity to like be involved in the process to write, just to to get involved, like would you would you do that? The wrestling. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be a writer or to be like possibly. I don't know. I, I, I mean, and, and and I know a few former dudes who have done it, and you know, they don't all seem the happiest about <laughs> right. Like, would it take away from the you the know, magic? It's not so even that. I just don't even know it would be fun. I and to be honest, I don't really love the product anymore. I don't like what it's become, yeah. and I don't. You know, that's the thing. Like as as someone in their 30s <laughs> you know like getting to do the comedy i want and writing it for the audiences that i often want to <laughs> uh-huh. you know would i want to work on a kid show which is what it's become right like, yeah when it, when it was back then you know but like there's always been this go- even when wrestling is at its most sophisticated there was a guy coming out with a mannequin called head and making head <laughs> jokes. So like let's not pretend you know? right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and some of that I I, I I I would love some of that silliness. But I also you know it's like you know, I'm a big comic book fan too, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like if anyone could write a comic book now, you know, they wouldn't want to write like a goofy Silver Age story, you know, where Superman turns into a monkey or whatever. Right. Like, They'd want to write Watchmen or The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Right. They would want to write the most super serious, epic, sure. you know, ramifications. Yeah. Everyone's going to love this. You know. And I don't know if that's all good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. What's your What's your favorite worst classic wrestling match? Is there? Do you have one? Is there, is there a match that like is just terrible? I mean, like infamous that you maybe sort of love. Uh, the blindfold one. Is pretty amazing from WrestleMania Seven, I think it is. Oh wait, who was in that? Rick Martel and Roddy Piper. And J- no, Jake no. the Snake. Oh, yeah. just okay. because like <laughs> the amount of cocaine that <laughs> they did on a regular basis yeah. can't come close to the amount of cocaine that the Booker did, who decided that. Because like, <laughs> Jake, Jake may be one of my. I mean, Jake is definitely the best promo guy ever. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. If not, he's up there. Yeah. Um, those are some like if you ever saw the angle where he slaps Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. the greatest. I think it might be the greatest yeah. promo of all time. I'm trying to think, I remember like being like shocked. By Wait, was that. that the end of the uh, the Mega Powers? No, no, that was no, a different. This was, one. That this, was, was this was this Tuesday in Texas '91. Okay, but he he says this is my favorite line. <laughs> he goes, he's like, oh yeah, Mean Gene. <laughs> I would pay to do that again. <laughs> I would love to do that again. Yeah, Elizabeth. I could take you and I could cultivate you into something even I could want. <laughs> it's the creepiest. But it's so this, yeah. amazing. That's like high art right there. That's amazing oh, really, drama. Yeah. Oh, I mean yeah. and, and, I mean God he was snorting a lot, but like <laughs> yeah. but to get like or that 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 classic I think it's Mania Six with DiBiase when he's yeah. like, you know, the line "wallowing in the muck of avarice." <laughs> what an asshole! Like it's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. and then, and that means you just went, Longfellow couldn't say it better himself. <laughs> yeah, about right. Yeah. Um, um, that, that Mean Gene would be the best person to have a worst gig ever show with. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. how 
how tough that job must have been with some of those dudes. You know what? I once went on vacation, like, uh, I, I was in New Mexico or Arizona, someplace like that. Mean Gene had like a fast food, had a burger place yeah. called Mean Jeans that I think was only in like a couple of states. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And You've gone to multiple we, wrestling restaurants. What was the other one? The, the Abdul the Butcher. Oh, Abdul the Butcher's house of Chinese food and ribs <laughs> outside the perimeter <laughs> in Atlanta. Did you go to Pasta Mania? <laughs> that, was, that was like, I, I missed that one. I don't think I was watching uh, during yeah. that uh, era. But yeah, no, mean, mean Gene would be phenomenal. Um, but yeah, he branched out into. Uh, Did you go to the restaurant? Rest- I think we, we must have gone through the drive What was the cuisine? It was fucking burgers and fries. Oh, it was great. Like a, All American. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, <laughs> he wasn't very mean, though. He's very polite and cordial. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it was... Enjoy my well, burger. Do you remember from the wrestling album, he did a mean version of uh, Tutti Frutti? Oh, you got it. <laughs> have you heard, you've heard the wrestling album from yeah, 1985? So. Yeah, Is that the one with the Wrestle Rock Rumble? No, that's AWA. Uh, the, uh, have the you rest- seen that? That's amazing. The, I don't think I AWA have seen that. AWA did... Uh, a thing called the Wrestle Rock Rumble. <laughs> and it's all the different wrestlers yeah. trying to rap along and most of them are really oh, off key. Sure. Yeah. It's a very young like Michaels and Janetti in there. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's the funniest thing is Nick Bonkwinkle is the only one who like nails it perfectly. <laughs> of course. Class act, Bonkwinkle. <laughs> Uh, no, the wrestling album was like 1985. It would it had Real American on it. That was like the one. Oh, like, Hillbilly yeah. Jim had a "Don't Go Messing with a Country Boy." Oh, Grab them have... cakes, the Junkyard Dog song. Yeah, but what's the one where they all Land of a Thousand Dances? That's they the have one. Every yeah. wrestler like uh, nah, just has a lot. Nah, yeah, nah, that's it. <laughs> I I still have it on what vinyl. Was the Gene song? And now that he video is Fruity. Land of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Zombie made the movie. About, Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Rob. Um, uh, but actually, so the, the mean gene restaurant thing is like a perfect segue. I mean, it's almost like legendary that you've done your time yeah. in, in the fast food world. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know if that necessarily constitutes a worse gig per se. I don't. Like, it definitely doesn't constitute the word legendary. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a, a question that I had is. So you you work at McDonald's for very long for years. May sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine, December twenty eighth, two thousand six. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> These colors um, don't run. How does like I, I'm sure people have asked you this before, but like not only do you still eat, do you still eat McDonald's? How does it change your like the way you think about fast food? Do you still get fast food? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. I yeah. mean, it is it is delicious uh, in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. You know, whatever chemicals they put in it work. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I have an affinity for it that I, I know I shouldn't. I know it's had a horrible effect on my body. Sure. Um, (laughs) genuinely, no, like the way I feel and stuff to this day, probably. I mean, you know, Morgan Spurlock did it for a month. Right. (laughs) Right. I I did it for years. Yeah. And I ate the food while I was there. So that's not good. Um, I will die soon. Uh, I just want to make it past earthquake. Uh, Forty four. Yeah, give me forty. Hold now. Just hold now. Um, nah, nah. And but and and more to that point, also tying into the regional thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to love going to McDonald's in different parts of the country oh, to get the regional. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially some they had the McLobster in uh in the you know northeastern yeah. corridor. Yeah. Did you guys have any anything regional in South Florida? Uh, racism. Uh, <laughs> oh, McRacism. It was the it was racism great. happy yeah, McRacism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I loved I McPizza. Yeah, I remember Mc, we had McPizza. Ronald McDonald's yeah. face was pure white. Yeah. Like all things should be. Uh, <laughs> we we lynched Grimace. Uh-huh. You don't remember when they had McPizza? No. Well, I, where was that? In Connecticut? We had it in Connecticut at least. 
It was just a, it was just a normal little but, miniature pizza. Yeah, yeah. Were you in the Mean Street Posse? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, what was the Mean Street Posse? That was the Shane McMahon's Connecticut. <laughs> oh, uh, that was probably a, a couple years after. Your, yeah, after your time. McPizza was good. It but was sweet. It had I, sugar in yeah. it. Well, I just had McDonald's in Peru a couple of weeks ago. What'd you get there? Fucking amazing! I got number one. Was it number one? It was in the airport, but it was great. Yeah. See, that's that's why it's still it's because there's that comfort to it. Exactly. Yeah. You're in Peru, and you're like, I don't, I don't know what, what I'm doing here. And <laughs> I'm sure, you got a plan, I'd hope. Yeah. But you're like, well, McDonald's. No, it was the way back, and like I getting for me getting McDonald's in the airport. That's how I get it these days. I'm going on oh, a yeah. flight. I get McDonald's, and we were flying back to Peru. We had just had amazing Peruvian cuisine for a week and a half. Yeah. yeah. I want some McDonald's. Sure. And I had it. Welcome to America. Although <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It was in Peru, and they didn't have barbecue sauce. I love barbecue sauce on my fries. I had to have the regular ketchup. Sorry, buddy. So, but was, was it? Did it taste? It like tastes it exactly always? the same. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's know. a universal standard. Ex- exactly. Or lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> right. So why don't you? Um, why don't you give us another worst gig? Uh, well, that one, uh, <laughs> McDonald's. You know, here's something really, really fun. Um, I was I was talking to someone recently. And, um, and, and this guy, uh, he has, uh, he, he like remembers every concert that he went to and has a <laughs> Tumblr where mm-hmm. he posts all the tickets and all that. It's really cool. And, um, I asked him what his favorite concert of all time was. And he said it was 2000, uh, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, the millennial. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he went down to Florida and saw fish <laughs> at the Everglades. Mm hmm. And I was working at McDonald's then, and I remembered it from the other side where all of these dirty hippies Ugh. came in and our beverages were broken. For whatever reason, there was something wrong with the pumps, uh-huh. and we had no coffee, no soda, oh. no orange juice. We opened at 8 a.m. on New Year's Day. Oh, Y2K. And that one, yeah, that was the one where everyone, <laughs> yeah, got just completely blitzed. And, you know, you want a cup of coffee. And, sure. And we had none of that stuff. All we had was bottles of water. And we even ran out of those eventually. Yeah. And it was the, and, and it was that thing of like, when you worked there and you would explain something to somebody, you'd have to explain it again. <sighs> then you'd have to dumb it down. Then, you know. <laughs> So you, I mean, New Year's Day, the oh, year yeah. 2000, you have to be there at 8 a.m. Yeah. Ugh. And we were right, it, the, the road that, that the McDonald's was on was right where all of those people were heading to and from that concert. Right. That's insane. Yeah. They, it must have been when Fish was taking their break from doing their MSG New, New Year's, Year's shows, which, show. they do, which they, I think, have done for years. Yeah. Which is a nightmare right. when that's happening in the city. Yes. Um, uh, but so at that okay at that time working at McDonald's, pro wrestling. What what is your soundtrack? <laughs> what, <laughs> what music was I yeah, listening to? Yeah, what are you listening to? Um, well, I was a big. The first album I ever got was uh, Weird Al's Greatest Hits Volume One. <laughs> okay, good start. Had that on. I didn't set. even get some of the songs like that. You know, they did Ricky instead of Mickey. Yeah, yeah. but like I didn't even know. I love Lucy. Great, <laughs> right. you know. Right. So that was just weird to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought that, you know, I thought that was one of his originals. <laughs> um, and then, um, then from there, I got, I got into Aerosmith and Red mm-hmm. Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. baby's first rock bands. Yeah. 
First CD I ever got. My mom bought it for me. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex oh, yeah? Magic. That's she nice. didn't realize I was going to be nothing but swearing and songs about fucking because hey. she heard Under the Bridge and didn't realize I was about drugs either. Oh, yeah, yeah. Suck my kiss on you. Yeah, back. sure. It's yeah. Well, the, the profanity isn't bad when it all just sounds like exactly. Dude, wouldn't the same shit for over twenty five years playing the Super Bowl? Yeah, apparently they're doing Bruno Mars killer killer lineup. I wrote. I wrote. I wrote. Last week, yeah, Bruno Mars and uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers doing the Super Bowl. I get to feel indifferent in two completely <laughs> separate ways. <laughs> I like, I, I really like Bruno Mars, and I loved the Red Hot Chili Peppers back then. Mm-hmm. Back yeah. then, oh no, they were. Now I find them unlistenable personally, yeah. uh, and I owned a T-shirt. I, I had was, I was too, full yeah. on enjoyed them. Yeah, that's all I can hear. Nonsense. Someone had to do it. Someone had to do it. It was Kitas. Yeah. Um, uh, so that stuff. So uh, Keith is the slapjaw yeah. yokel. Uh, <laughs> hey, scar tissue. If you ever need to kill an owl and read a three hundred page book, you read it. I I was staying at a place and they had Anthony Kiedis' autobiography there. I read like two hundred fifty pages. That is the most repetitive song of all time. Yeah. Which one? Under the bridge. Uh, oh, scar tissue. Yeah. Oh, I don't. That's like yeah, that's that was, out. I think that was the first song. It was like nonstop. Yeah. I think that was the one where fruit, like so yeah. the guitar solo was really great. Right. The the lyrics and. But wait, have you seen the amazing, the infamous SNL 1992 live performance of Under the Bridge where Frushanti just butchers like he comes out and he has to play that intro that like really delicate guitar right. plays and he's sitting he's like standing there like he's put a guitar on for the first time Heroin there's like crazy there's no there's, there's nothing he's just this plucking when notes him? this was yeah. right around the time because Keditz is like shirtless wearing like boots and shorts and he's like Get, he's ready to like get into the song yet, and Frushanti is just standing there, like, <laughs> like kill, like it's, it is, it's amazing. And then he's eventually, playing like Keith sings. Yeah, yeah. That is guitar, man. That is the best cool. description of what Frushanti <laughs> yeah. is doing. That's what he's doing. We'll have to link that when this episode comes, yeah. just so people know. Because, or when Heed comes on. Yes. He's, uh, well, we Everyone did. says he's the ni- they're the nicest band in the world. I don't know. People, we, all of our friends that we've had on that have toured with Flea them, He seems like a really cool dude. Yeah, people see, like, they're the ni- They're yeah. always, like, nicest guys. I'm like, but do you like now, music? To be fair, we have, guys. we did have someone from. I love their music, you know. I, they, they, yeah. they have, they have I some. Of, don't anymore. You get older. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. You grow up a But we did have, there's a guy, a UCB guy named John Frusciante. Oh, yeah, yeah, Who we've had on. And his yeah, episode great, gets yeah. more downloads than anyone else's because people just think it's like, oh, you guys got Frushante? <laughs> yeah. It's like, and then they they they're listening to it. They must they realize at some point this isn't the guy from the Red Chili. The ultimate grip. Oh well, I guess I want to listen to this guy. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So I I kind of am into this idea that you like you don't like talk like dissecting the like comedic process. I do. Yeah. Or, or in terms of like what you were saying earlier about like listening to things about comedy versus I just no I mean all I was saying like I I could talk comedy all day uh it's just the thing is like I don't personally in my you know time where I'm not on stage or not Mm -hmm. at shows and clubs do I want to be hearing about it all the time (laughs) right it gets exhausting you know it's a it's a you know, the the moment that you start making a living off it, it changes your perspective about everything. Like, and new comics have this beautiful, wonderful honeymoon phase where all they want to do is talk comedy and all they want to do is watch comedy. And 
you know, it's a marathon and that wears on you after a while. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, but, but that transition into doing it full time in your case, like how long did that, that, that wind up taking? About five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when you got to that point, it kind of sounds like there's a, you know, there's a whole new set of challenges. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. Oh, it gets way harder. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like when you have like some other job or whatever, you know, you're not making your living off of it. Uh, you know, if you bomb, it, it feels awful. But, you know, when you bomb and that's your paycheck. Right. Like, yeah. You're not getting another one from that place. <laughs> right. <laughs> and how, like, when that happens to you, if, you know, how, how long do you let that, do you sit with that? A little bit. Yeah. But it's eventually- a while. Yeah. Oh, it's all about performance and, mm-hmm. you know, confidence. And yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just, and it's that, like, you know, you, at the, you know, there's a, you always have so much farther to go. But that also means like you can get knocked down and fall a long way too, right? Yeah, you know, it goes both ways, yeah. right? Has that time shortened? Like you're that you're sitting in it time, like, or is it about a little bit? Um, but it's continual too. Yeah, there's definitely like this constant pressure, you right? Know, having just gotten engaged and, mm-hmm. and wanting, yeah, yeah. wanting to have kids and stuff, uh, right? Like that, like. Like you're playing for keeps up there, you know? yeah. right? Right. It's serious. No, I you think know? we're all in similar. You know, yeah. Jeff and I are both married, and you know, I think the converse, the, the summit has begun. Yeah. Having those that those discussions. Oh yeah. Uh, and then it kind of brings up it change. You know, it's not just about you. Yeah. Anymore. That's the thing is like I've never really drank and, and mm-hmm. or do drugs or anything. Mm-hmm. So like I don't have that perspective that a lot of people in their thirties do of like, well I had the craziest, wackiest twenties. <laughs> right. Now right. I gotta be yeah. an adult. Like yeah. for me it's like I had a very somber, sobering twenties. <laughs> yeah. But you were always yeah. working. I mean either either not necessarily just doing comedy, but you were always fucking, you know, get a job. Yeah. Yeah. But it's terrifying, you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I have I mean, the same deal. Like, I never, I've only been drunk once in my entire life. So I like, yeah, I'm like, oh, my crazy 20s just meant I was in a van with my band, like driving everyone who was drunk and dealing with the promoters. And were like, you guys in the same band? No, uh, we separate. were in different bands, but we kind of crossed paths a lot. Yeah. Um, but we, that's what we did in our 20s. Like, we fucking slugged it out, like, for, uh, you know, it's been did, five years touring. Did yep. you guys stop? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We and we both stopped right around the same time. Yeah. And- I stopped in 2007. I started really touring. Uh, I had been on my biggest tour with this band, High on Fire, who were like one of my favorite like metal bands. But after a five week tour, I came back and it was the first time my now wife had to pay our rent. And I was like, "Ugh, what am I doing? Like this yeah. is stupid." We were down to we had lost two of our members. We had fill in guys. Like at that point, it was just like, we've been doing this for like six years as this band. I had been touring for like two to three years before that with another band. I was almost in my 30s, like in my 30s. Like I'd started doing comedy stuff and I was like, maybe I should stay. Like I still play music, yeah. but it's just like, 
that certain point where you're like, I've been doing this for Sad, yeah. 10 to yeah. 11 years and I have my wife paying for my rent. Like I'm yeah. coming home with no money. Uh, yeah. for, and this is, this is the best it's going to get. Yeah. This tour is what I've been waiting for. No, I, it's that idea that people have a different perception of where you're at versus where you're actually at. Oh, right? yeah. You know, and that's fine. Which let them say in all let them think comedy that. and music. That's what I love yeah. when I'm on TV and people are like really nasty and heckling. And it's like, you know, you make more money than me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who is it? Yeah. Someone put, someone put, I don't even know who it was, put a tweet up like not too long ago. And I was like, oh, that actually weirdly sums up everything where they were just like, it's amazing how everyone in commercials is broke. Because it was just like every person, like, I'll be like, oh, there's my friends. I know they're struggling. Like, there's another friend. Yeah. Oh, we're all struggling. Uh, because it's the perception. It is that perception. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody thinks that for life. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, that's yeah. Like, I was on midnight done, and that's and that's where kind of the the wrestling comparison comes in yet again. Yeah. Because you're seeing these guys who are like you know literally top of the world. It appears and like it's horror stories when you hear about how like there's no structure to there's no union. There's yeah. No, like, you know. There's oh no, yeah. You know. Well, that's the thing too. Yeah, with the like commercial for you're like, oh, he just made ten thousand dollars. I'm like, no, he's at negative sixty thousand dollars. He he put a dent in his red yeah. in his uh, in his economics. Um, so a question that we've been asking guests recently with with the new year here: What is the worst thing about you that you would want to ch- that you're hoping to change? Um. Well, I want to learn to drive this year. Oh, yeah. That's, and, and I'm very unhealthy. So I, I need to. <laughs> Those are very practical yeah, yeah, yeah. reasons. Yeah. So you, you, so making it to 31 with, uh, without a license is also an achievement of some sort. Yeah, right? it is. It is. It is. <laughs> it's Wait, yeah, how did also. you do it in Florida then? Like, were you, when we I had to go to work? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How is the bus system in Florida? Terrible. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, perfect. Oof. Uh, right, what would you do if you, did you ever work shifts past nine? Oh, I live near the place I work. Oh, okay, okay, okay. There. Yeah. Was that when did McDonald's start doing the twenty-four uh, hour drive-through? Was that after your time? That's always been around in certain uh-huh. places. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that, but um, you know, some do, some don't. Uh, yeah, it's annoying. Like that was it was so sad. A couple, literally two weeks ago, I was in L.A. and I was doing this comedy festival, and I was super hungry. And the only thing open near the place that I was staying at was a McDonald's. <laughs> and they wouldn't let you sit inside. They only had the drive through open, and I couldn't eat. <laughs> like, <laughs> Did you try to do the walkthrough? No, because I remember how harshly Annoying I would it. judge right. the people who <laughs> Because people do that, right? That's so obnoxious, oh, they right? Try, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I, I yeah. get it, you know. Yeah. I, sure. I mean, is there a policy like you cannot be served if you're? You're not supposed to, but I always right. would. I mean, but it was always probably whoever, still whoever's asking for that obviously needs it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. For yeah. one reason well, or another. I remember, like kids, like kids would sometimes. I guess it depends on the on the scenario. Sure. Perhaps in South Florida was you know different. Yeah, sometimes uh, it would be kids. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. that's the thing. You're gonna tell a kid that he can't eat. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's kind of dick. How do you feel? How do you fit now? I'm just going on. Think about Florida. How do you feel about Florida now that you're not there? Oh, that was the worst gig ever. <laughs> just Florida. Being a Floridian yeah. for 23 years. I, right. I'm glad I didn't have to hear people defend George Zimmerman. Right. In the place that he shot a kid. <laughs> right. Uh, Ugh. 
Yeah. I, I've never felt that fondly of Florida, no. personally. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, what's interesting... When you guys toured there, would it just be that? Well, that's... I, I wouldn't even... You played we, in Florida we had a booking... I might have played Florida once or twice, because yeah. usually the problem with Florida is if you go in, then you're kind of stuck in Florida for a while, because it's yeah. that peninsula. So we would kind of maybe get a show on the outskirts. We had a booking agent who was in, I think, Jacksonville. So, like, we would never play... We never played South Florida, but it would be Jacksonville, uh, Tampa... Um, uh, Orlando, or we did play Orlando once, which yeah. was awful. Um, were you in a metal band too? No, but it was uh, we were like an indie rock band. But yeah, yeah Florida. Thing, you, yeah. you said you were in a metal band. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, I was. It was more of a hard rock, but but uh, we never. Yeah, we never played. Like you look like you were in a ska band. <laughs> I didn't imagine uh, you. There was, there was there was a there was a period of time where oh, I. Yeah. Uh, but I, Tampa <laughs> is yeah. Tampa was the death metal capital of the world. <laughs> Uh, and another appearances are deceiving sort of thing. I remember I would hear stories about bands moving there and just being like, and wait a second, now I live in was, Florida. What was, what was the most frustrating like success story? What was the one where like some band made it and you were like, motherfuckers? That's an interesting, that's an interesting yeah. question that, that, we, that we've actually never been. I think the thing is, is because, and this is the big Find difference. Find the bitterness. Well, no, yeah, no, I'm trying, like, I'm, I was going to say, like, I, but I never held ill will towards the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I always thought they were super talented, but they were like a band I was, just, I never, I thought they were like always okay. We would yeah. play with them. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, they're the yeah, yeah, yeah. And I loved them as people too. But, but I think like, there's a there's a difference in that you have your bandmates, so you have like this little gang, and that's the difference between like in your case oh, yeah. when you're you're traveling, you're touring life. solo. Yeah. Uh, you know? The Sword, I'll say that this band, The Sword, they like opened for Metallica. Okay. But I just remember opening like they were. We played a show with them here, and they made like some big deal about making us headline at some little shitty fucking punk. Like club, they were and pissed I, that you were gonna. Headline. No, they wanted us to headline because they're like, "Oh, you you're gonna get a bigger draw." And I knew the case was just everyone's gonna leave. Yeah, and then yeah. I was like, "Great!" Now we're just stuck this playing is- a show to no one in this yeah. fucking and somewhere like a like a two eighty five Kent equivalent, but yeah. like some shitty place that yeah. looked like it was. And that's what happened. Yeah, and then I was ever since I've just been weirdly bitter about the sword because I've always been like, "Yeah, they're fine. They're like not a great band." But yeah. that's the thing; those are the bands that usually like get some something it's like yeah, they're, they they're middle level yeah they were smart yeah they were smart and that's the thing like i also was angry at myself because i was like oh we should have been smarter <laughs> we should have been yeah, just yeah. at that i time. remember there was a band when we first started before we were on a label that and these guys got signed to a label they got signed to gern blanston uh-huh. which is like new jersey kind of like a punk label yeah which but in my mind they were band, the jerk they're, they're, yeah but there were there were bands when i was growing up that i i looked up to that were on gern blanston yeah. and these guys got signed to Gern Blanston, and I was like, but we're the band that kind of should be on Gern Blanston. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, two years later, whatever, we got signed to a much bigger label. So it, it wound up. And then you realize that it didn't really matter. And, yeah. And then it was, <laughs> you got any fucking label. I was in a band called Oxford Collapse. Okay. It was like a three piece, uh, uh, you know, indie rock band. We put but out you a couple were on records Sub on Pop, Sub man. We put out a couple records on Sub Pop, which that's is awesome. a little bigger than Gurren Blanston. Yeah, but, you know. sure. I, I remember that's the funny thing about because like, I've had you. Know, there are comics who are like, "Can I go next?" or "Can I?" You know, mm-hmm. and it's it's smart. You know, it, yeah. It, it's like that thing of because that's like especially New York teaches you like this like mentality of like. You know, you can put me up wherever, and I'm gonna knock him out. <laughs> right. And I'm a tough guy, you know. And yeah. then it's like, but that that beats you down. Like that's yeah. part of why, like, I'm ready to move to LA because it's like, you know, I just don't want to fight anymore. Yeah, right. Or in the same way. Yeah, and and you also because and you you I mean I'm I, are you still as immersed? I know that you you do like a ton of mics and you go up all the time. 
Yeah, I am. But, you know, finding love helps with that and, and finding peace and you know Mm -hmm. i know i sound like wolverine now (laughs) but like but there is that there is that thought of like you can only do that so long like i mean that's the thing like worst gig ever like i i I could have a top 10 yeah (laughs) yeah a bottom 10 i mean i performed in restaurants i did naked comedy um (laughs) you know i've i've performed you know at you know music venues while there were bands, which is right. always terrible. Yeah, uh, that's like, and I, I always like that is the one thing that is so much easier. About, I mean, there's probably a lot of things, but like about comedy as opposed to music, that I always felt bad for you guys. Is that <laughs> idea that like how long it takes to set up? Yeah, like there's it's no. A I I don't go to concerts, you know, yeah. and one of the main reasons is I hate that lack of momentum and energy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I was just complaining about just going to see a show, this band Wolves in the Throne Room that I really liked. But like they had already set up, but then they also had a hundred candles that they wanted to light. <laughs> and because for atmospherics, but yeah. it's just them. They don't have roadies. So I'm just yeah. sitting there old and tired yeah. at like midnight. I'm just like fucking There's hey, any mystique. I'm two blocks from my house. I should yeah. walk home and have them text me when they're done putting any up their candles. Any mystique that this band would have had that was you the need thing. In, in metal and yeah, the, the yeah. guys are lighting candles on the side of the stage. And it was a not, I was just like yeah. fucking there A. Must, like, I there must have been a lot of moments where you're like hurry it up. I, what, I was sitting I just kept well, I was. What was that like? I mean because that to me because in comedy that happens you know times where yeah you'll go on towards the end and people are gone and everything yeah. but it must be so frustrating when you're setting up and seeing it happen yeah it, it, oh, yeah, so what, it if, is well the, especially if you're playing because you know that at the end when it's all wrapped up you got to bring it all out and you got to get in your van get back to your space unload it again yeah. get yes. home uh and it is different i remember actually there was a show i did an open mic at the creek and you were doing it yeah once uh and i was feeling the frustration because it was one of those like i just put my name in the bucket my wife was gone i was like i don't really do stamp that much i'm a sketch guy but yeah. i was like i'll fucking go do an open mic and then i end up being the second to last because it was one of those creek ones it's like 40 people yeah. everyone does it and i think you were doing a show upstairs and you just kind of ran down and did a set yeah but it was one of those where i was like i did have like both i was like uh fucking hell but i also knew as soon as i was done I didn't have anything to do. Like, I was also kind That's, of fine with freeing. it. You know, it was freeing because I wasn't like, yeah. oh, fuck, more people are jumping but, on the show. And that means I have to lift my bass amp because that was the other yeah. thing, too. I played bass and I play a fucking way too heavy bass amp, 100 pound head, like 80 pound. My back is tweaked. Yeah. Like for the rest of my life because that I, stupid I, thing. I think on the flip side of that, when I was I was doing stand up on Long Island for a little while after my band ended, I moved back. I was living in Austin for a couple of years. And that's I, that's where I met like Tim Dillon, guys like that. Yeah. Also, friend of the uh, the, the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I love Tim Dillon. Tim's a gr- Tim's a great, great guy. Track. But what you know, what I wanted was to get back on stage. I craved like, let me get up and entertain. And oh, I don't have to deal with a band anymore. This is great. But since I was g- going to these open mics on Long Island, doing this, and I was sitting in these depressing, shitty clubs yeah. for hours, waiting to get up and go up in front of, and because I toured for like the past five years, whatever. I was like, I'm done with this chapter. I can't do this anymore. Even though I don't have to unload anything. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. I just got married. It's like, well, that's the hard, but it's like you said, and that's the weird, it's almost like the weird thing too. Then you have to figure out because it's like you have both the weight of like, oh, you know, now I'm married and I want to like probably have kids. So I've got to do this. But also you don't want to be 
in that shitty club every night because you love your wife. Like, you know, I could have never imagined quitting comedy. Right. Right. And so it's that weird finding that like middle ground, the one, the, the, the ground that works that you can also, you know, not want to feel upset that you're missing out on that aspect of life too it's a hard yeah. road in some but it's also ways. awesome that at this point you've you know you've put out a record and you have um you know specials and you've gotten to a place yeah. kind of like you know we got to a certain place with the band where we didn't have to play these like awful shit shows right. anymore yeah. right and so that's that's kind of the silver lining and i do sometimes well. and it's fun you know? yeah like yeah i'll do that but by yeah. choice yeah. you can do yeah, it yeah, because yeah, yeah, you know yeah. right um so i know we've just been talking your ear off for the past uh five minutes there that's <laughs> okay but, but to bring this full circle yeah, yeah. a question that we ask full all of our guests circle. there you go <laughs> uh, what do you think of the word gig um i think it's i mean you know in wrestling it means to cut yourself so <laughs> and that's probably about right <laughs> half the time um uh, you know comedy we, we, i know british people always say gig but I didn't say spot. I like right. that. I think that's the first yeah, one we've got. That's another wrestling. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a spot monkey. You know? uh, <laughs> well, listen, Mike, uh, this has been fantastic. It's great. Uh, uh, thank you for indulging us. You have uh, all, uh, very exciting stuff going on. Potential mm-hmm. move, potential, not a potential, a marriage in the future. Well, gig, gig is okay oh. if it's paid. <laughs> there we go. But I don't like saying, you know, you could say show and that could be anything, but not a mic. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> But, but gig gig has to imply there's money. Okay. If someone says I've got a gig for you, you better be good. I'm furious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> UCB does not have gigs. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen, a lot of exciting stuff. This was great. Oh, um, thanks, man. And uh, we just want you to get home safe. Thanks. 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 thanks, thanks. Worst gig ever. ever, 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 ever.